morning. So Ephesians chapter 5, reading in verse number 15, beginning with verse number 15, and uh, I preach from the King James Version. Uh, I study in all of them, but I've just found over the years, especially as a director of missions, going around to the other churches in the association, many people just have a strong preference toward that. And so I, I've just become accustomed to the King James Version and preach from it. And so uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I'm going to focus this morning, even though I'll allude to the other verses, but focus is on those first two verses, verses 15 and 16. Verse 16, the last phrase there says that the days are evil. Would you agree with me this morning that we're living in evil days? I mean, if everywhere you turn, you see the effects. Jesus said that the thief, the enemy, came to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I want to tell you, he's having a heyday today. Evil on every hand. But I want to tell you, evil in our day is not new. There was evil on every hand in the day when Paul was writing to the Christians at Ephesus where he wouldn't attend them. But, but he goes on and he says, how should, the, how should the Christian respond to evil days? How do we face, how do we encounter evil times? He says you are to redeem the time. And the word redeem means to purchase. It means to buy back the time. And what Paul is saying is that we need to be very, very intense on making sure that we make every opportunity productive in our life. Make the most of every opportunity. While you have the opportunity, you make the most of the time. And, and in the words preceding that, he's told us how, how we can do that. How, how we can face the day and time in which we live. Uh, there in verse 15, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. That's a word that we don't use. When's the last time you've used the word circumspectly? But it's a very important word. It's actually a compound word. The first part of it, circum, we get our word circle. Or we also get our word circumference. It's round. And so what Paul is saying, be aware of what's going on around you. Don't have your head in the sand. Be very intent on being aware of what's going on around you. And then respond how? He said you can respond one of two ways. He said you can either be fooled 
or you can be wise. Other translations say, be not unwise, but be wise. I like what Warren Wiersbe says about that. He says we're one of two. We're either wise or we are otherwise. And you can decide where you fit into that, but I just simply want to spend a few minutes this morning asking you, do you make wise choices? Do you make wise decisions? Now, I could begin by, by asking, is there anybody here this morning that's ever made a bad decision? Ever made a bad, bad choice? And, of course, every one of us, we... We've had uh, things that we've done. We've said things that we wish we had not said. We've made decisions. We've accepted invitations. We've had relationships that if we had it to do over, we, we would not do that. We have made unwise choices, but this morning, based on our past experience and our current circumstances and our future hopes and dreams, can we make wise decisions? And the answer to that is yes. You can be a wise person. And the Bible teaches us much about living with wisdom and demonstrating wisdom in and through our lives. About 20 years ago, there was a, a book that came on the market called The Greatest Question Ever. And as the result of some research and uh, things that had been done and exploring how to make wise decisions. And of course, we all make decisions based on either implied or, or outright questions that we ask. We're encountered, we're faced with a, with a decision to make. And we asked ourselves some questions. Some people respond to the question, what is the easy thing to do? And so their whole life is given to, to making decisions based on what's the easiest. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is you begin to make the easy decision and it becomes habit forming. And then you find yourself making other decisions that are easy to make. Some people respond to the question, what's the popular thing to do? I want to be liked. I want to have a lot of friends. And so I, I want to make decisions based on what's the popular. Other, other people make decisions, make choices based on what's the politically correct thing to do. You find that in politicians today. I, I'm, I'm amazed on TV sometimes uh, where they will uh, uh, say something that a politician said today and then will go back. 10, 15 years, and the same subject have an absolutely different opinion. You know what that is? That's uh, being political or correct. It's, it's not out of conviction. It's, it's what's the most popular belief. But some people make their decisions. Now, some people make their decision based on the, what's the most financially advantageous decision to make. And so they base their decisions based on, on finances. But the writer of that book came to the conclusion that there is one best question ever. He said, he said this question, answering it and responding to that will foolproof your life. 
What is the question? What is the why of things to do? I've got these different options. I can look at all the options, but then what is the why of things to do? What is wisdom? I love what uh, Billy Graham said about wisdom. He said, we get knowledge on the horizontal plane. You, you go to school and you learn, you learn through life experiences. We get knowledge on the horizontal plane. But we get wisdom on the vertical plane. Wisdom comes from God. And the Bible is very, very clear that it begins, wisdom begins, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can't even start being a wise person without a healthy view of God. Now I want you to listen to me. I want you to, I want you to hear this. God is not your good buddy. He's not your pal. Yeah, he's a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. I understand that. I want to tell you, we need to be very, very careful about about our understanding of who who God is. In Alexander City, we have an early morning TV program, and, uh, and the host of that program, almost every day, he, he'll allude to the fact that he talked to the man upstairs. I talk to the man just about every day. And I don't know him. I'm hoping that I'll have an opportunity someday to sit down and one-on-one because I want to tell you this morning, God is not the man upstairs. First of all, he's not a man. Y'all all right? Now, we may want to reduce him in our mind down to man so we can so we can manipulate him and, and, and get him to do exactly what we want him to do. I want to tell you this morning, God is God. He is the creator of man. He is the creator of the whole universe and everything that's within it. He's God. And when the Bible talks about in Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 9, Psalm 111, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Having a fear of God is is not just being afraid of God. It is being afraid of the discipline of God if if we're disobedient to it. But it's more than that. It's to have a reverential awe is to acknowledge who God is. And then back to the guy that said he's the man upstairs. God's not just upstairs. He's downstairs too. In fact, he's in the next room. He's next door. While I'm preaching this morning in Lucia, Alabama, he's in Alexander City. While I'm preaching this morning, he's in Africa and Ukraine, and God is everywhere. 
And he deserves and he expects our reverential awe. That, my friend, is just the beginning of wisdom. Now, James said in James chapter 1, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You know what that says to us this morning? It says you can be a wise person. If any man, if any man, woman, boys and girls, well, would really love to make wise decisions, you, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask him. You go to God and you ask God for wisdom and God will give it to you. God's good, true to his word. You can be wise person. How does God do that? Years ago, Dr. Henry Blackaby introduced us to that wonderful study, Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. And in that book, Dr. Blackaby taught us how God speaks. He says God speaks through His Spirit, through people, through circumstances, through the church, And through His Word. Through His Word. In in fact, if God speaks through a person or through your circumstances or through the church, if it's really God, it'll always line up with the Word of God. God will never contradict Himself Here's, here's the plumb line. It's God's plumb line that we can make every decision against. And so God speaks to us through His Word. That's one of the resources God has given us to help us become wise people. Now, one of the things I've been pondering, been thinking about, is that there's so much more to our relationship to the Word of God than just reading a few verses in the morning. Somebody sits down, they have a devotion time, and, and uh, they, they read a chapter of Scripture, and they close their Bible, and they check it off for the day. I'm done for the day. I have, I have done my Bible reading for the day. Let me just suggest to you this morning, if that's all you have from the Word of God, You are missing it, and you'll not be the wise person that God wants you to be. God speaks through His Word. And then secondly, the other resource that God has given to us is He speaks through His Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. You know, when you got saved, God put the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit of God resides in the life of every believer. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. You know, one of the ways that I've just just recently begun to picture that is I I think about, uh, about my spirit life. Think about my 
spirit. I've got a body and got different parts of the body. Think about your spirit as being a house with different rooms in it. And one of those rooms is the treasure room. It's where the crown jewels of your life are kept. If that was true for your life, what's in the treasure room of your heart? God has given us resources to be wise people. He has given us the Word of God, and He has given us the Spirit of God. And with those two, we can be wise people. A few weeks ago, I mentioned Clark. Uh, Clark turned 14. And uh, Clark was at the house one day, and I was in the kitchen. He walked in the kitchen. Now, for the last year, year and a half, he's been, he's been measuring himself against me. Papa, I'm, I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you. Now, he done passed his Gigi some time ago. In fact, he'll, he'll walk up to his Gigi and uh, he'll just go look down. And then he'll look down and he'll say, Shorty. But just a few weeks ago, Clark walked up next to me and for the first time, he realized he was as tall as me. I want to tell you, he was pretty proud of that. He walked up next to me and he said, Papa, I'm as tall as you. I said, really? I said, what do you think that means? He said, that means I can take you. I'm looking at, I look back, I said, would you say that one more time? He said, I can take you. And something deep down is wanting to rise up. And, and what that was was the flesh. You ever had the old flesh wanting to rise up? Well, what I'm really wanting to do is, is, is is to give Clark a Dusty Rhodes moment. Now, y'all don't, y'all don't remember Dusty Rhodes, do you? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes, a professional wrestler, and he was world champion at one time. And he'd walk up to his opponent, get ready for a match. He'd walk up to his opponent, get right in his face. And he said, I'm fixing to jump down your throat, tap dance on your liver, and dare your heart to beat. Well, I didn't give Clark a Dusty Rhodes moment. But I did say this to him. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Clark said, sir. I said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, I want you to, I want you to get with me on this now. Clark, pride goes before what? And he said, destruction. And a haughty spirit before what? Before a fall. And then he said, Papa, what is a haughty spirit 
And again, I'm resisting. I, I, I'm wanting to say, go look in the bathroom mirror. But, 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 but he didn't. He did, and he, really, he didn't mean it that way. He did not. He was playing. He was having a good time with his, with his papa. And I under, but I also understood that here is a teachable moment. And I want to redeem the time. I want to make the most. Here's an opportunity. I may never get another opportunity like this again. And he said, Papa, what is a Holy Spirit? I said, Clark, a Holy Spirit is a rude, an arrogant attitude. I said, some people call it self-confidence. But there's a very thin line between what some call self-confidence and a proud arrogance. So we went on. A little bit later I said, Clark, pride goes before what? He said destruction. And the Holy Spirit before what? Before the fall. Over the next few days, every time I'd see him, we'd go through that again. And then one night, uh, I was getting ready for bed. It was about 7.30. Kidding. I'm, I, I resist till about 9 o'clock. But, it, but anyway, I, I was getting ready for bed, and my phone dinged. It was a text, and it was from Clark. And I opened it up, and it was a screenshot of a Bible app. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I said, I believe he's got it. I believe he's got it. So when we get together now, we review that. But now we've also moved into Psalm 1. I, I want him to memorize Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Prosper, Clark? You want everything you do to prosper? Yes, sir. There's how it happens. So what do you think the first verses of that mean? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the stormer. Clark, what do you think that means? That means be careful who you listen to. Don't take advice from ungodly people. Well, where are you going to get your advice? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, here's my hope. You see, when Clark comes to important decisions, or all decisions, regardless of what it might be, 
I want him to ask the question, what's the wise thing to do? Here here are my options. What's the wise thing to do? You know what I believe will happen? I believe that when Clark says, God, help me to make the right choice. Help me to make a wise decision. You know what I think will happen? I believe the Spirit of God in him will go over to the treasure room of his spirit. He'll draw out those treasures, those scriptures that apply to the decision at hand. And he'll take that and he'll he'll take it from Clark's heart and he'll bring it back to his mind. And then Clark will have what he needs to make a wise decision. Here's what I'm learning. As a grandfather, I deeply desire that my grandchildren will be wise. And I want to help put in their storeroom the deposits David said it like this, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's this week. I, tomorrow morning, because we won't be here tomorrow, but if I was here tomorrow morning and I went down to Covenant County, is Covenant County Bank still Covenant County Bank? Huh? No? CCB. Thank you. Let's say now, tomorrow morning I went down to CCB and I walked in. I walked over to the teller's booth. And I said to the teller, my name's Larry Cummings. And I want to withdraw $1,000. And she said, well, good morning, Mr. Cummings. I, I appreciate that. Uh, what is your account number? And I said, I don't have an account. You, you don't have an account? And you want to withdraw a thousand dollars? Well, yeah. Yeah. Would you excuse me just a minute? She'd walk over to the security person and say, "We got a nut over here. He thinks he can take out when he hadn't put anything in." Let me tell you this morning: in the treasure room of your spirit, you need to be putting it in. You need to be putting it into your children, putting it into your grandchildren. That they may make wise decisions. Now, I can't with great integrity ask Clark to do what I'm not willing to do myself. See, I need wisdom too. And I hadn't got all the wisdom I need. And when I have choices to make, I, I need the wisdom of God. So I need to be practicing 
what I want for them. What is the wise thing 